Christ is risen. In about the year 2000, when Father Deacon Ben was 15, at least that's what he recalls, and Jennifer, my daughter, must have been about 14, 15, Pontie Kelly and I took them and 15 other teenagers to Pittsburgh, to Mount St. Macrina, the huge monastery, women's monastery there, for the first national Byzantine teen youth rally. And so they were, we were there with 400 and almost 50 other teens. It was a wonderful experience. One of the events was to have a, a trip from the monastery into Pittsburgh to the seminary and by a school bus in a hot summer day in Pittsburgh, a 50-minute drive from over that. It was, well, my first experience of Pittsburgh. But we get to the monastery, and it was wonderful because they had a large barbecue for us, and they fed us, and we were all out in that field. They had a, there's a big field, a grass field, across the parking lot from the the, the seminary. And as we were eating, when I was done eating, I kind of wandered around because we were going to each group, and ours was one of the groups that was going to get a tour of the inside of the seminary. Well, while we were waiting and finishing eating, I wandered around and I noticed some inscriptions carved into the stone of the building. One said, Zoe Foss, you know, life and light. Another said, chemistry is important, but God is more important. But my favorite one is the, that the hope of the harvest lies in the planting. The hope of the harvest lies in the planting. Jesus tells, you know, a parable of the sower sowing seeds. We know about this. And we know how Jesus, you know, talks about the sower casting seed and the sum of the sowed lands on the hard path. But it's so hard, it just trampled down and it dies. It doesn't grow. Some of the seeds are thrown on the rocks, but because it has no roots, it quickly dies. Other seed is cast into the weeds, but it is quickly choked out and does not produce any fruit. Only the soil, the, land, the seed that lands on the good soil will produce fruit a hundredfold. The hope of the harvest lies in the planting. Now, for those who have done any gardening or farming, you know it's not just throwing seed. You have to prepare the soil. You have to do like I did and pick mountains and mountains of rocks out of the field to make good soil. You have to pull weed. You have to make sure it's got the right content, not too alkali, not too pH, depending on what the crop is that you're going to grow. You might have to have some kind of fungicide or whatever it takes. All these things are required as preparation for planting the seed if you want a good harvest. Pseudo-Macarius, who would write um, his 51 spiritual homilies, in homily 26, he makes a comment. 
He says, when a farmer is going to sow and he's going to uh, prepare for the harvest, he first about thinks in, in joyful expectation of the harvest that he's going to get. He's kind of counting the money of the profits that he would receive from that. And that hope and that joy and that expectation is what allows him to invest money and all his time and energy into the planting and the fostering the growth of those plants through the course of the growing season. He doesn't count the cost. He's only looking at what is going to come at the other end. And we find Jesus doing this in the gospel today. Jesus comes on a hot day in the middle of the day to the well. Hot, tired, thirsty. Then the Samaritan woman comes. She comes at the wrong time of the day. We heard in the Old Testament reading the time of the day to come is in the morning when it's cool. But she comes in the heat of the day to avoid any eye contact from anybody so that she won't get her, hat, her, her a finger wagged at her face or be talked about in the front of others and ridiculed to her face. She knew she was not living a life that she was called to live, and she was chastised for it. So she did not want to meet anybody. So she goes at the time that nobody goes. The worst time of the day, when it's the hottest. And as she goes to the well, as she's always done, just living a life of existence, having no substance. The substance of her life is as empty as that clay pot she was carrying. And there, unbeknownst to her, she would meet the one who would give her substance, who would give her life meaning and purpose. We see Jesus as he sits there. She comes up. He says, I'm thirsty. She goes, well, you're a Jew. Why are you asking me? And Jesus begins the planting by preparing the soil. Pulling weed. Removing stones. Adding fertilizer. All these things slowly to bring her up to a level where she can start to produce fruit. And truly the climax of it was is when Jesus pulls out the final stone, the final thorn. Go call your husband. And she makes the confession. I have no husband. And then he goes on and reveals everything to her. You are right in saying you have no husband. From that point on, he starts talking about deeper things, worshiping God in spirit and in truth. I see you're the, the, where the Messiah is one who's come, who will teach us all things, and Jesus lays it out there. I who speak to you am he. He put the seed in her heart, 
at that moment. Not a minute before, the soil of her heart wasn't ready until that moment. And then, with the hope that he had when he started, with the expectation of what was to come at the other end, she goes off. The disciples come back. And the Samaritan woman will do the same thing. She will go and start sowing the seed by telling everyone, come meet the man who told me everything I ever did. Which tells us there was more going on in that conversation that was recorded. We only have one aspect and that was about the husbands. He told me everything. When the word of life began flowing into her heart, it started to stir up all the sediments of her own sinful life. She had to own up to it. And then he would forgive her of that. She would be created anew and no longer held bondage to that life. No longer held bondage to the sinfulness and to the shame that came with it. No, she went out and told everyone, come see the man who told me everything I ever did. The apostles come back. They're all confused, trying to get him to eat something. They're missing the point all the time. And Jesus says, you know, you're coming into somebody else's harvest. Look, the field is shining for the harvest. The people, are, the Father say, are starting to come from sick, are in, out to the well to meet him. The harvest is there. She planted the seed that grew. She grew from her, the seed that she had. She went and planted more seeds. And she would do this for the rest of her life until she ended up being martyred by Nero. And she would be cut to pieces together with her children. And that would begin to bear witness and bear more seed and more fruit would grow. Jesus, when he was incarnate, doing his public ministry, he was looking to what was going to come, the fruit of the harvest, and that allowed him to endure all the hardship and the suffering that it would take to bring about that. He did not even count the cost, the cost of his own life, because of what was to come from that work. Now you and I come every Sunday. We go out and live our days and we come back with empty pots. And we need to be renourished. We need that flowing stream of life. We need those words that clean our hearts, that remove the stones and the thorns, the shame and the hurts, so that He can once again plant His Word into you. And then you are to go out and plant the words to others. 
Come see everything He ever has done for me. Listen to my story. What He has done for me. How it's changed my life. And bear witness to Christ by the manner of life you live. The hope of the harvest lies in the planting. We know what we're waiting for. But we have to do the work in preparation for what's to come so that the harvest will be good. The harvest will be fruitful and a hundredfold. But we have to come. We have to come to the well to receive refreshment, nourishment, have our sins forgiven so that we will be a shining harvest and the seeds that grow within us can be taken out and spread to the world. There is no greater time and no better time to live than right now. Because right now is the time the world needs the Word of God. And that seed is planted in each and every one of you. And you're to go out and take what you've been given and give it to others as did Fotini did, the Samaritan woman. She did not keep it for herself. She took what she had received and then shared it with others. So at the well of the Eucharist, be filled with the rivers of grace that flow. Let it nourish you. Let it replenish the soil of your heart. Let the seed of the Word of God be sown deep in you, sprout, and blossom forth. And the rest of the week, you'll spend your days, if you cooperate with God's grace, to plant that seed in the hearts of others. Because that is not just the work of men like Billy Graham and others to go out and declare the Word of God. You are the ones most capable. You are the ones that are fully initiated into the life in Christ. You are the ones who have your vessels filled with life. So remember those words inscribed in the stone walls of the seminary. The hope of the harvest lies in the planting.